0: Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. It is Monday, March 29th, and Michigan is on their way to the Elite Eight after a victory uh, yesterday evening, and they will get to face the team that knocked out the Michigan State Spartans, UCLA Bruins, tomorrow night. With me, as always, our Michigan aficionado, very excited about the opportunity to make another Final Four, Jeremy filed. Jeremy, how are you doing? On, well, a good for you, crappy for me Monday.
1: Yeah, I haven't been feeling the best a little under the weather, but uh, Michigan winning makes it all okay, I guess. Um, look, they, they continue to move forward. Um, I did think this was a game they could win. I thought they were better than Florida State and everything that... I thought could happen uh, somewhat did Florida state threw the ball all over the floor <laughs> and the turnovers were to kill it for them. And uh, I take on Scotty Barnes. I thought was pretty realistic considering what I seen. And uh, I hope NBA people see that because Franz Wagner was a much better player, uh, especially when they matched up against each other. He looked better. So uh, look, Michigan survives and advances, not really survives, but gets the job done and they get to play a team that has a little experience against the Big 10 in this tournament, Michigan State.
0: Yeah, and that that was a that was such an interesting game because okay, first off, I did pick Florida State and so I'm not going to like run from that like you know a lot of people do. But I did say the one circumstance where Michigan would end up winning was their defense just better than Florida State's offense, and that was the case. Florida State got nothing going, and in the first half, you saw that, and I think part of the reason, you know, we were talking about Michigan turning the ball over a lot against the way against the Florida State's defense, you know. That, that was one of the main topics of conversation. That was the main topic of conversation uh, nationally, I guess. I don't listen to a lot of national stuff because I don't need my mind you know, I want to give you my honest opinion of what happens, you know, you know, so I don't listen to a lot of that stuff, but you know, we were talking about Michigan turning it over Florida state, just to me, they tried to push something that was not there. They tried to force the tempo and you can't do that. You have to build it. You know, you have to get Michigan to throw one pass out of bounds, deflect one pass, something like that. And then you can kind of rev things up a little bit. You can't go from zero to 60 with the snap of a finger. It doesn't work like that in basketball. You like run all these basketball runs, you know, a 20 nothing run, whatever it may be. All these basketball runs start to nothing. And Florida state, it looked like they were trying to get out to a 10 nothing run before they even had a free throw. No, there's no question. I
1: mean, I, I said before the game, I, I thought the big thing that, you know, worried me for Florida State's end was they, they turned the ball over 14 times a game. And, you know, the, they did exactly what I thought they could do. I mean, they turned the ball over. And when you turn the ball over and you don't get baskets, then you're not allowed to press. I mean, that's the bottom line. When you're throwing the ball away in your own backcourt, that Michigan just gets to come down and run their half-court offense the way they want to, in which it was textbook, by the way. And they got to do whatever they wanted. Now, there was a few times when Florida State pressured Michigan and Michigan made mistakes. Or there were times even when Michigan, you know, Terrence Williams came in and just kind of threw the ball away. The only time Florida State had really good looks was in transition. When it was half-court offense against Michigan's defense, they had nothing they could do really. I mean, there was only a handful of times when Florida State could get loose. The bottom line is their turnovers killed them. I mean, their turnovers at the beginning of the game was terrible for them, and they never could recover. And when they did make a run on uh, the second half and they got it to within five, you know, Mike Smith gets the end one and Michigan just continues to show the resolve they have all year. I mean, they hit shot after shot when they need to. They make the big plays. Half-court offense and half-court defense, Michigan is one of the better teams in this tournament. They just are. They're very efficient. I mean, Bill Raftree said it the whole game. Wow, aren't they efficient? And it's, it's true. They get the shots they want. They spread you out. They have an interior presence. I mean, what did they have inside in points of the paint? I think it was 50. I think it was it was 42 at one point. So, you know, it might have been closer to 50 at, towards the end of the game. But there's a lot of numbers here that we'll talk about, which, you know, I, I know I'm excited about because, you know, I don't like to do that stuff. But there's a lot of things that make this picture very clear on why Michigan was just way better. And uh, they just put Florida State away. And Florida State didn't – Leonard Hamilton had a great statement. You know, we needed to play our game better than they play theirs, and they played theirs way better than us. And there was no question about that.
0: Yeah, and that's one of those things that you get from that leadership, from that um, experience of having a guy like Mike Smith running the point. You know, obviously it's a different team, but it's something where he can, where he's just a little more comfortable because we've talked about it a billion times that wasn't his role the last couple of years, you know, pretty much every year that was not his role. His role was to get buckets. And um, now he's just trying to, uh, you know, manage a game. You know, he, he, he is a game manager um, made the, you know, I guess that's a football term more reserved for football, but you know, when the plays needed to be made, whether it was a pass, whether it was that and one, You know, he made them when they were needed.
1: Right. Well, here's the bottom line. I think this is what people are missing out on when it comes to Michigan, and and I know this for a fact because I've watched them a lot. You know, basically my whole life, but I've watched them a lot the last two years with Juwan. Here's the thing with this group: Franz Wagner and Hunter Dickinson, the two young guys, are probably the ones that put them over the top. As much as I love Mike Smith and I love Eli Brooks, they've been great. I mean, we have to have them as much as. Franz and Hunter, but here's the thing. Franz Wagner's been absolutely fantastic. And this dude's going NBA player. I mean, this guy is playing well on both ends, and he's a younger guy. He's a sophomore. Hunter Dickinson, when you can drive it in and just dump it off to him and he can easily dunk it, those are great things. He affects shots inside. When they can when he can allow the defense to have to pay attention to him when we throw it to him, that's a huge advantage. And, and right now, it, it's not just one guy or two guys or three. It's like six guys. There's six guys on this team constantly make a difference, and, and in variety of ways, not just statistically, but defensively, uh, you know, game managing. Like you said with Mike Smith. I mean, Mike Smith last game, you know, his numbers were very modest, 8-4-3. Eli Brooks only had six points. And here they are winning by 17 points. So, so you know, it's like there's a lot of reason why they're good. And it's not just one, it's not just two, it's multiple reasons. And uh, they, they haven't got a lot of respect. And I think they are playing with a little chip about that, Tyler. I really do. I think that they're like, look, we've been good all year. And by the way, we don't even have arguably our best all-around player, which I do think Bogner is right now. But Isaiah Livers, most of the year, was arguably their best player. So, you know, just imagine if they had him. So, look, I think that this team is just very diverse they're very good. They deserve credit where it's due, and uh, you know they're going to have to play well though tomorrow because UCLA is very confident right now.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about them in just a second and give you that breakdown. Uh, Isaiah Livers, though, you talked about him. He is officially out for the remainder of the tournament, uh, per Tracy Wolfson, and so that's going to be. You know, a ma- a massive blow because he's one of those guys that you might need. And like I said, we'll talk about UCLA in a second. Obviously, we didn't anticipate him playing, but uh, you know, that carry the carryover from a UCLA game to a potential Gonzaga matchup in the Final Four, like that—that that is something where that is definitely going to hurt the Wolverines. But look, I I want to ask you this question because look, I'm not going to sit there and make excuses. I'm not trying to discredit Michigan at all. I'm not trying to do that when I say this. Florida State was the best team in the ACC all year. How trash is this conference right now? Without Duke to shoulder the load, is, is this like an eye-opening thing to you? How bad this conference is? Because um, they, no, it's not they, because a lot of their errors were. I mean, they looked unforced to me. They missed a lot of easy looks. They were open. They can't hit a three pointer to save them to save their lives. They missed layups left and right. Like th- this team is just not good. And the fact that it ran through the ACC the way that it did, I think, an eye opener. Um, no, I, I think.
1: No, I disagree with you. I think this Michigan team is just that good. I mean, I think that eventually you have to come to grips and say, wow, they are just that tough. I mean, Leonard Hamilton made a great statement, and he said, look, I don't think we realized they would be this physical. I think they were surprised. I think they were shocked on just how good Michigan was in certain areas. I think Florida State is not a great team. Yeah, I think they're a very good team. when, when they're, they're a very streaky team, and I think that a streaky team is not a consistent Final Four team. I think that's a Sweet 16 team still that Michigan matched up really well against. And look, bottom line, they played LSU, who was hit or miss this year, too. Mm -hmm. And LSU, that matchup was just a tougher matchup. I mean, this whole thing comes down to three things. I said this to you off the air. Matchups, uh, officiating, which I hate to say, but it's true, and it's numbers. It's a numbers game. And, And matchups, Michigan versus LSU, there was not some good matchups there. Cam Thomas is... Eli Brooks can't check that. He can't check that consistently like he could against the guards from Florida State, or some of the guards in the Big Ten. So that's what it comes down to, is I think Florida State found out the hard way, wow, we don't match up very well against Michigan. They're bigger than us inside. Their guard plays more steady than us. And if we mess up, we're in big trouble. So I think Leonard Hamilton said the best stuff that really, you know, now they did ask him about the conference, and he goes, look, you know, I think this to answer your question, the ACC wasn't as good this year. There's no question. And he mentioned that you can't be – at the top forever, which I thought was a little bit of a, eh, you're not always at the top, by the way. But, you know, I the conference has been much stronger, no question. North Carolina has been really, really good at times. Duke's been really, really good. Other teams have been really good, you know. And, and yeah, this was not a, a, a great year. But let's not forget, we came into this thing thinking the Big Ten would have four teams in the Sweet 16 maybe, and they had one. Yeah. So I think it's matchups. And I think it's matchups. I think it's a little luck. And, yeah, I hate to say it it's a little bit officiating and how this thing's called because Michigan was the more aggressive team yesterday and we'll talk about maybe a little bit of that they went to the free throw line 19 more times so you know that has a part of this thing
0: yeah and i i think that's a credit to Michigan's defense you know forcing some florida state to stay on the outside when they haven't been able to shoot like i said shoot threes i think they made what six before the michigan game throughout the first two games and just with the evolution yeah. of the game that's not a that's not a number that you expect to see from a team who's at least made it into the second weekend um, let's turn our attention you, you said the word luck and um, you know UCLAs they, they've had a little bit of it you know and some of it is just missed opportunities from the other teams what have you uh, UCLA beating, Michigan State, a game they were down by nine, and then they, uh, you know, Aaron Henry missed that free throw line box out. Tom Izzo gave him as open of a floor as you want, and he decides to settle for a pull-up jumper, but he missed that free throw line box out. That changed the game, and UCLA won. Uh, I don't know if Michigan State would have beat Alabama. Probably not, but I think they – at least would have made it as far as yesterday. So it was really disappointing. It's really disappointing oh. to see UCLA continue to win on top of that. But then you, then you avoid Texas, but and get Abilene Christian, uh, you get BYU mm-hmm. kind of overrated. Y- you get, you know, cause I, I, even as a state fan, this crappiest state was, well, I felt, I would have felt confident in Michigan state play BYU and Abilene Christian. Um, but then yesterday happened and, they beat Alabama. Now they had a pretty good, they had a pretty sizable lead. Alabama only went 11 to 25 from the free throw line. Again, like what's, that's about 40%. I mean, I can shoot 74, 73. Like I'm right. I'm in that area right now. And these kids are, I'm not going to say getting paid, but look, they're reimbursed with room board and things of that nature to play college basketball and to have an opportunity for the NBA. And they made 40% of their free throws. Uh, UCLA had a big lead, though. Alabama clawed back. UCLA hits a shot or hits some free throws at the end. You think the game's over. Alabama hits a buzzer-beating three-pointer to force overtime. You think the momentum's going with Alabama, and UCLA fights back again. This is a team that has... Outside of, you know, the two games I mentioned, Dublin, Christian, BYU, this is a UCLA team that has literally done everything that you can possibly do in the tournament to this point.
1: Well, I think ever since the first half of Michigan State, they played well. I mean, I think that that there's no argument there. I, I think going back to your first point. I I think Michigan State, (laughs) they just get by that game. They're definitely in a matchup yesterday. I mean, they're definitely, I think they beat BYU for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think they beat Adeline Christian for sure. And I think Alabama would have been a horrible matchup for Michigan State. But I do think they get there, no question. So I wanted to make sure I say that on the Spartan end. Number two, going to your point, Alabama just did everything wrong they could do or everything went against them early on with the two fouls for their best player, 11 or 25 in the line, like you mentioned, at 14. Yeah, I mean, your SEC player of the year gets two quick fouls. That's not something you want. And it was early yeah, on, right away, first minutes. minute of the game. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not an excuse, but it's yeah. part of the game. You know, it's, it's, it allows UCLA to, to get some, you know, get going a little bit. Um, the thing that is interesting to me, because we talked matchups, and I know we'll talk about Michigan matching up with UCLA soon, a lot of guys play better for UCLA that, that aren't asked to. Like As much as Tiger Campbell's been a, a solid player for them, he played really oh, he well yesterday. And, and, and you know, here's a funny stat as I'm looking up this team because we don't watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball, obviously. Yeah, it's definitely time. time. But uh, David Singleton, yeah, 6'4", got off the bench. This guy's averaging four points per game, one rebound, and not even an assist. And he has 15. He has 15 off the bench yesterday. Uh, you know, Campbell scores thirteen, Bernard Lefty who does shoot well from the three, though, shoots forty percent from the three. Uh he scores seventeen, you know, and Hawkes, who's been great, shoots forty percent from me, scores seventeen, Ju Sang has thirteen. I mean, they had six guys, Tyler, in double figures, and Riley, who was their only forward big really, uh, you know, he he contributed with oh, ten. So you know, the well rounded kind of regulation from,
0: too. He was phenomenal. Oh he, yeah, he was
1: great. And I, I will say this, that's a worry for me is what they lack inside as far as uh, post-presence. They are going to be out in the yeah. perimeter a lot more. So we have seen some issues where Hunter doesn't get out there quick enough and uh, they like to do a, do a ton of ball screening. And Riley can shoot a little bit, right? You know, he's not a great shooter, but he can shoot it and he's fast. So there's a little concern there for me. This could be a little bit of an LSU type feel with their athletes and shooters and with our big size. So, but like, like I said, here's the big one though, is UCLA 20 or 25 from the line and they hit 10 threes. I mean, they scored, they hit 10 threes, Tyler. Alabama shoots 11 or 25 from the line with 14 turnovers. You can't win that way. No matter who you play, you cannot win shooting 40% from the line with 14 turnovers. So, you know, that's the, you know, nine more made free throws you know, and look at the score of the game. I mean, it's just, those things kill you. And Alabama's going to look back, because Alabama, by the way, I've been reading all this stuff, they they out-coached UCLA. They did not play well. Alabama did not play as well as they were used to playing. And I thought they out- I mean, that should not have been down to the end like that. And they made all the right adjustments and found a way to call back and, and get to overtime. And I think that has a lot to do with coaching, but there's a lot of matchups that are super intriguing, though, this UCLA Michigan.
0: Yeah. let I mean, let's break them down. Let, let's go ahead and do that. We'll do uh, the wings. We'll do the bigs, and we can do the point guards. And let's start with the point guards um, because, well, that's your area of expertise. You were a point guard at this level. Um, Mike Smith and Tiger Campbell. Look, well, C- Campbell's played incredibly well. I think there was – one area of the game, you know, as much as you and I have dogged uh Mark Watts both on and off the air, uh, for you know the stupid shot, not pulling it out, not being a you know a pure point guard in the UCLA game, not trying to get downhill when he's which is how he's m- m- the most efficient player on the floor potentially. Um, Defensively, he did a really good job on Campbell, and I, well, I'm going to give the advantage to Mike Smith here. I know Campbell was highly touted. I would absolutely have loved to have had him in the green and white. He was one of Tom Izzo's recruits. Uh, decided to go out to the West Coast, um, but I would love to have him in the Michigan State uniform. That being said, I don't think he matches up well with Mike Smith.
1: You know, I mean, I think it's a draw. I mean, I think they're the same type of player. The only thing that I think that we have an advantage is I think Mike Smith just runs our offense much better. I think Campbell's more of a a dynamic player where, you know, they all kind of want to just create and make plays for themselves. That's how UCLA plays. Where Mike Smith wants to create for others and they want to move the ball and they want to swing it and they want to get other guys involved. Where UCLA, give them credit, a lot of their looks, I mean, there's a lot of one-on-one action, man. I mean, and those guys can just mm-hmm. fill it up. So, I, I think it's kind of a draw, though, Chad. they the same type of player, but just different system. Yeah. You know, I think Mike Smith runs the Michigan system better than Campbell runs the UCLA system. More experience as well. You know, Smith is three years older. Uh, that has a huge part of it. Campbell's still learning. But he, to Campbell, played really well yesterday. You know, he scored 13, and had five assists. So, um, he played a lot better. But it, the concern is the wings first. Like I think, we'll I'm not worried about Tiger Campbell beating yeah. us. You know, I'm worried about Juzang and hawkes beating us. Are they going to outplay our guys? And I think that that's the that's what it's going to come down to. But yeah, there's interesting matchups. I think those two even each other out. I really do. Statistically, I don't think they'll be much different. Yeah, from let's each other. let's
0: go to the wings. Uh, you talk about Hakez and Juzang. Though <laughs> I think they scored fifty points. Out of the 86 that UCLA scored against Michigan State. Um, just absolutely killer. Um, I'm comfortable in Michigan's situation when it is going to be Brown and Wagner out there. Um, I think, because Brown, Brown is a really good defender. Brown. I think one of the only guys with the size and the athleticism that Michigan has. I think he's the only guy who can hang with them as far as just being an athlete goes. Uh, Wagner, I think, is a very underrated athlete. Um, He gives you, you know, three extra inches, though, as well. And so he can maybe back up a little bit, use his length. And uh, you don't want to do this to UCLA give them a little more space just so he doesn't get beat off the dribble i think that michigan matches up well in those situations but when those two aren't in i think ucla has the advantage like i it's michigan straight up i think but i think uh and hakas have the advantage when one of those two is on the bench
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sing the lyrics because I'm a terrible singer, but Brandon Johns back to life, back to reality, because you're going to go against Hawkins and he is so skilled because I I can't imagine them putting Johns on juicing. That's two quick fouls right away. Juicing is really crafty as far as drawing fouls. Hawkins is kind of too, but I think Hawkins foot foot speed is not as good. So I think you got to put Brandon Johns there and just hopefully he doesn't fall for all the crafty fakes his hockey he's just so up. skilled he, he has a, um, I, I think that's a
0: for as athletic as he is
1: yeah for brandon johns here's the deal like this is the matchup situation right when brandon johns is playing against florida state lsu and it's a wide open game or he's just cutting to the basket or he's guarding guys that are just athletes he's great he's fine he's a good athlete now, when he has to go against a guy where he has to think a little bit, I'm not very confident. Like, I think Haquez is going to give him a lot of problems. And that's not a knock on Johns. He's just more of a reaction-type player. You know, cut to the basket, easy dunk, right? Uh, slash to the basket, easy layup, right? Dive to the basket, easy dunk. Uh, wide open three, once in a great while, yes. Uh, but I'm not going to get carried away with this situation. Like, I know what real good basketball players look like, And I is a really good basketball player and he is going to give them a lot of problems. Jusang is a very, very tough guard. And I think that Franz will do a really good job on him. Uh, Brown will do a very good job on him because he can press up on him. But Brandon Johns again is a huge piece of this and he's going to have to play really well on hockey. He's going to have to look at people like me and go, no, forget you, man. I am really good. And I'm just finally showing it. But I just don't think we've seen him match up against a player like Haquez and just shut him down. You know, we haven't seen that, right? We see the quick two fouls in the Big Ten Conference against strong, mm-hmm. skilled players, right? We see the turnovers once in a while, right? We see that. And, th- and by the way, that still happened a lot last game. So you can't have that happen in this game. Where I will say this for Brandon's defense, though. He's been great on offense. I mean, he has really been able to feed you know like take this starting role and make plays and score you know he, he scores 14 and he has 14 and 6 last game tower I mean who in the world would have thought I know we wouldn't and I know a lot of people wouldn't Tyler I mean this kid is a you know I feel like we have to talk about him because this is a kid mm-hmm. from our state and I'm not trying to knock him but when you have high expectations with players you want to make you want to see it happen like, he certainly would like to see him be at the, the level of Aaron Henry, right? Getting talked about the NBA from our state. And that hasn't been the case for him. So, hey, maybe a late bloomer situation, right? He's, he's down to his last year and a, and, and a quarter here. And maybe he's starting to figure it out. But this is going to be a matchup where if you really want to earn your stripes, you go against a hockey as a saying and you contain them. And when you get into the paint, you dunk again and you score and you don't turn the ball over. So he's a big part of this. And I just don't think that matchup with him versus Hawkes works out well for us. I think Hawkins is just too skilled. And I think Brandon Johns gets in foul trouble. I think it finally happens. And then Brown comes right in and we'll be okay. But it's a concern for me. Yeah, it really that, is.
0: That's kind of uh, what I was thinking. You know, Brown Brown's going to be the guy. He's going to have to be that guy who comes in. Uh, I mean, you saw with Michigan State, Hawkins was <laughs> just killing everybody and, <laughs> everybody in East Lansing, and then uh, Aaron Henry got put on and Henry ended up doing a pretty decent job, but Henry's also first-team all-defense, where Brandon Johns is not. <laughs> and so, or where Shondy Brown is no. not, you know. Like I said, Brown's a good defender, but he's, he's not Aaron Henry. Yet. And I think Oh, I
1: would go. Let's be careful here. I mean, I think Shawnee Brown is definitely.
0: Well, look, what, one, of the, one of those, one of those well, guys. No, Brandon of Johns is. And, uh, and so that's what yeah. I'm going with. But yeah, I I think that Brown gives them a little bit more of an advantage. Uh, I fully expect him to get the starter minutes. I don't think Johns plays all that much just because of that matchup. Yeah. Um, Turning our attention to the bigs, this is an obvious one. I mean, you have to go with Hunter Dickinson. Um, Dickinson's a much better player. Uh, Riley's a little bit undersized. UCLA lost one of their two like true bigs um, earlier in the year. I can't, rem- I can't remember which one quit and which – because UCLA lost two players. Can't remember which one quit and which one uh, has a season-ending injury but one of them was a big who was getting double digits a game. And uh, look, without him, UCLA just doesn't have the depth inside to compete with both Dickinson and Davis. But at the same time, you can get both of those guys outside on the other end of the floor.
1: Yeah, there's no question. Um, Right now... Every single time you play Michigan, you have Mm -hmm. to worry about Dickinson. You just have to. Um, And you find out the hard way if if you don't think about him enough, he kills you. So that's a credit to that young man and also a credit to Michigan staff of getting him the ball in the right spots and and making sure he's a part of their uh, plan every game. Um, He doesn't start off as being the big Presence, and I think this will be a game where they they go inside right away. Michigan's been so good this year, of kind of, you know, fooling around and saying, oh, we're going to just play on the perimeter the whole game, and now we're just going to bury you inside. That's what they did against Florida State, where they said, okay, we're going to do, you know, dive to the basket, easy cuts. You think we're going to just kick it outside the perimeter? No, we're going to dive to the rim, and we're going to get easy layups. And that was a great adjustment, and it makes it a lot easier for Dickinson to make those passes. He had a couple beautiful passes on, you know, guys uh, diving to the rim. Um, and then it, what it does is it frees up the outside. So uh, Dickinson will be a huge part of that. Um, as far as their problems with Dickinson having to be stressed away from the floor, I think it's a bigger problem for the other team to worry about him on the other end. So I think that's what we've been able to do. We've been able to hide that situation. Uh, we won't be able to hide that situation next week. If we win, you know, we'll be able to you know, see how much of an advantage that is for the other team. And then it will be, you know, probably a too big of an advantage because I do think Gonzaga wins. But, um, look, the bottom line is Hunter's been a huge part of this. One thing you notice with a few teams, Florida State did it a little bit. Michigan likes to ice the ball screen. For anybody that listens to this, this is basically pushing the guard away from the screen. Hunter will sit back. A lot of these guards are going downhill and just still attacking him. Uh, we got to make sure that doesn't happen in this game. You know, Campbell can do that. Uh, Ju Sang can do that um jaquez is he's not fast but he can do that so anytime riley's screening and we're pushing the guard or wing away from the screen uh we got to make sure that we don't let them just get downhill and get dickinson and foul trouble that that has happened a little bit this happened with year. michigan state so i know that's kind of like a breakdown yeah I, I know that's a little bit of a breakdown of things but yeah there's been a few moments this year where you know, Illinois attacked it. Uh, well, Illinois, we just went brain dead on ball screen, but Michigan State did a really good job of the Breslin of that, uh, getting downhill, attacking them, and uh, yeah, I think UCLA will attack that way as well. But um, it, it's an advantage for us though, still with Dickinson and Davis inside, and it's huge advantage for rebounding. And uh, I expect it to be. And to, you, take, an advantage you take away this Aaron game.
0: Henry from Michigan. From uh, the Michigan State UCLA game, only one player played well. That was Marcus Bingham. Marcus Bingham can't really go outside either. Marcus Bingham uh, a little more athletic than Dickinson, yeah, um, but a little bit more of a shot blocker than Dickinson. But Dickinson is more of that. I mean, he's more of an old school big, um, it, and I think that that's going. Yeah. I mean, that's going to cause more issues and it's going to hurt. U of M, because like I said, a twig like Pingham was able to dominate inside and he was able to get some offensive rebounds. And he went to the free throw line a lot because he could get the offensive rebounds. UCLA was out of position and you know they ended up following him. And when you don't have the depth, because n- neither of these teams really have depth. You know, U of M's got a couple guys they bring off the bench, most notably Shaundi Brown. Um, and then you look at UCLA, they've got one or two guys, but they don't really have much else uh, due to, like I said, uh, some of the situations pending their depth uh, that happened, I think as early as like six games in. but <laughs> it's.
1: I, I'm laughing when you say these things, when you say depth, because this is – this is something I really wanted to mention because I thought about it a lot because we talked about it in Michigan State this year, and this is just something that Michigan State fans are going to have to hear us talk about a lot next year. I think, you know, depth is only really important when all hell breaks loose, and all hell break loose doesn't. Right, but you know, I it doesn't think that happen happens with UCLA. You know, like yeah,
0: because it, it, you got you you had two players. Well, from, yeah, uh, you had two players get over forty minutes yesterday. Uh Hawkes, I think, played the entire game against Michigan State that went into overtime. And so when you have a situation like this where you foul because you can't get a rebound because the other guy's got three to four inches on you, and in Dickinson's case, it's going to be about five inches on you, five or six inches then it's <laughs> – look, then it's going to be a problem because you don't have the bodies to go to. And that's when I think it's going to break loose.
1: Well, you know, it can go either way, but look at look in the mirror if you're Michigan State. they got a lot of players, and, and a lot of them just don't play well. So, you know, I mean, that's what we're running into. Michigan's had the same amount of guys they've ran with all year. It's worked out. Now there's times, like I said. If it, something goes wrong, foul trouble, you're like, wow, it'd be nice to have another player. But the bottom line is Michigan's already right. sh- shorthanded because Livers isn't playing. And a couple guys step up, Hit. and they make it work. I mean, in the when you get to this point, you're top seven or eight. I mean, that's really you need six or seven. And then hopefully that eighth guy can come in and do great things, too. I mean, look at Florida State for guys. sake, like, saw Buzz Buzz. Oh, next guy that's going to come in and turn it over. Oh, next guy that's going to come in and foul. I mean, that's what I want to talk about next year, Tyler, is how many players are you going to play, Tom? I mean, do you want to play 12 guys all year again? Because if that's what you want to do, man, good luck. Because this is a, a, a game where you got to have your six to eight guys who are confident as hell going into the tournament. And I just don't think any of Michigan State's players were really, really confident besides well, Aaron Henry. I, th-
0: that's what I'm saying. Going I, into the I tournament. thought Marcus Bingham was, you but know what I, mean, I was it, saying it, is because Bingham was able to get those boards just like Dickinson's going to be able to because Dickinson's taller, even though he may not have like the full athleticism of Bingham but dickinson is taller and he's a wider body he's more he's a little more difficult to get around i think dickinson's going to be able to get those offensive rebounds and i think he's going to create a foul situation for ucla who does not have the depth and that's when it's going to break loose and that's when you're going to need the depth to oh, show sure. out there and that i mean that that was all i was saying by that i wasn't trying to like imply that oh depth is so important no i was saying UCLA doesn't have it because it is going to be important in this game because they're going to foul the crap out of Hunter Dickinson.
1: Well, I think I think UCLA is in a situation where um, they don't have six to eight guys; they have four or five, and you know where Michigan has six to eight players. I mean, you gotta have eight guys. I mean that that's I guess that was my point. I understand what you're saying. UCLA really needs more depth. Sure. No question. Michigan probably already had enough depth with their six, seven guys all year. And then you add Johns playing better, you now you're at eight. And if Terrence Williams just plays okay, I mean wow, we, we got even more depth. But really what it comes down to is you know, we know what the core strength of UCLA is. We know what the core strength of is yeah. Michigan. And it's going to come down to those matchups. I mean his is Hawk is going to outplay us. Is Jussein going to get loose? You know, is Bernard, the lefty who shoots 40 from three, is he going to outplay Brooks? You know, is, is Tiger Campbell going to play better than Mike Smith? If those those things happen, Tyler, UCLA is in the final four, man. And those are four guys. And, you know, David Singleton, hey, he scored 15 points. You know, we got Shonday Brown, though, who's been more consistent all year. He's not only averaging in four points per game. So there is advantages, but those matchups with those four, like, Riley and Dickinson, like, look, I know that could put us over the top with Hunter just dominating inside. But I am really, really wondering what it's going to look like with Haquez, Jusang, Bernard, and Campbell. Can our yeah. forward guards outplay them? Because I, I'll be honest, man, watching the game again and watching them play against Alabama, um, Alabama didn't play great, but those guards from UCLA really are confident right now. I mean, they're really shooting it. And you saying, I mean, my gosh, Tyler, some of the shots he was yeah. hitting, the guy is right in his face. I mean, you've seen it against the Michigan State. I mean, look at the shots he made against yeah, Michigan yeah. State. And, look at the Hawk, shots that
0: Hawkes made. Yeah, Hawkes, by the way, I think is brutal. On, this is going to be like – I'm not saying that this is going to, you know, turn the outcome of the game. Uh, we'll get to our predictions in a second. Hawkes though is going to make Michigan realize how much they're going to miss Isaiah livers as the tournament, as the tournament progresses. I know we're oh, yeah. at Huge. the halfway point right now, but Hawkes livers was that one guy who I think is comparable to Aaron Henry in regards to what he does on both ends of the floor. And I think that, uh, Look, Hawkins had issues with Aaron Henry. He did not have issues with anybody else. I don't think there is one of those anybody else's at U of M. Like I said, Brown's probably the closest thing, too. And I think Brown can definitely give him fits. You know I'm high on Shaundi Brown. I've talked about him for the last few weeks. And I think that he's uh, I think he's an absolute gamer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he's at that <laughs> livers Henry level defensively. And I think that's where we're going to see Hockes. Hey, look, he, he's going to have to do it all. Look, that's what UCLA expects. They expect Hockes and, uh, I mean, they pretty much expect everybody to play 40 minutes in their starting lineup. And so it's it's going to be interesting to see how that game plays out. Let's get to our predictions. Jeremy, is Michigan going to the final four?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. I think they get to the final four, but I think this game is going to be an absolute, a, a lot closer than people think. I mean, I, I think that UCLA is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. I think those guards and wings can really shoot. They're athletic. And I think this game is going to be a really tight one. And I just think that you know, Michigan cannot allow these guys to get loose to start the game. This is a very confident team right now. We got to slow them down, body them up, be physical. And hey, if, if they blow the whistle a couple times, let's just make sure nobody gets two, and stay solid. Um, I do think Michigan will be stronger and too tough at the end. But this thing, in my opinion, is going to be within the seven point to one possession game, man. I think when you when it when it gets to the nitty gritty here, one game to get to the final four, everybody ramp, ramps things up. And I just think UCLA is super confident. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think the line right now is seven. And I think it's perfect because UCLA is playing really good basketball. And by the way, they just played a really athletic team in Alabama who's got a lot of athletic players. And they put and they, and they went to work on them. So they're going to be extra confident going against Michigan because they're going to watch that film tower and go, oh, well, we're faster than those guys. They're bigger, but we're faster. And we can make plays. So, don't be surprised, Michigan fans. I hate to say it. If this thing comes down to the end again, like they just had with Alabama, and I'm going to be very, very nervous because I've been having almost a heart attack for some reason every game. Even yesterday when we were up, I'm still nervous and I'm like Tyler standing up the whole game. But yes, Michigan advances, Tyler. No, that's, I read you a book there. But I just want people to understand that this game is not going to be a blowout. If it is, great. I'll be happy. But right. I just don't uh, see it. What's
0: the score? Uh, score, I'm going to
1: go, you know, I, I think we score a little more than we usually do. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 74-68. So in that, again, Either seven point range, you know, or one possession. I think we just pull away. I think we hit. three right, kills. I'm going yeah, with too, yeah, and this one.
0: I'm not thinking it's going to be close. <laughs> um, I've I've got Michigan kind of running away with this. Uh, I think Smith can slow down Campbell. Smith's obviously a better defensive guard than Watts. L- let me rephrase that. Smith's a better defensive guard than Watts was this year. <laughs> if Watts played like he did last year, I'd probably give it to. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd call him rocket at that point, but Smith's a better in, but yeah. Watts shut down right. Campbell. He did a really good job on Campbell. He did give up one three um, because he overhelped. But other than that, Campbell did not do a lot against Michigan state. I think Shawnee Brown is, like I said, I think he's a decent matchup for Hawkes. I think Wagner gives you a little more height, though he may not be able to match the athleticism. Uh, that's opposite of him. I think that defensively, UCLA is not going to be able to hang with him. I don't think they're going to be able to hang with Hunter Dickinson. Like I said, Marcus Bingham completely balled out and had a great game just collecting offensive rebound after offensive rebound. So I think Dickinson's going to do that, and Dickinson's going to go to the line just as much. I do not see any situation where UCLA has enough of an advantage even win this game or to even keep it within striking distance. I've got Michigan winning this one, 73-61. to 61. I think all of UCLA shots are going to be contested. I think it's going to be a lot tougher. UCLA might get off to a quick start just because they're able to take advantage of the Brandon Johns matchup. But like I said, UCLA could not take advantage of – against these small ball lineups, Michigan State – Never put Bingham in. They put him in against UCLA, and he did fine. I think Dickinson's able to do the same thing. Um, You know, like Mm -hmm. I said, you make up for athleticism with height. Same thing with Wagner. You make up for a little bit of that athleticism with your height. As long as you can still move your feet a little bit, you're okay. You throw in the fact that UCLA got lucky Alabama sucked from the free throw line. They got lucky Aaron Henry didn't box out on that free throw. They got lucky Henry didn't take it one-on-one. And their two other matchups were complete garbage against BYU and Albaline Christian. I think UCLA's been, you know, pulling enough threads. I don't think there's a sweater anymore to grab a hold of. I think Michigan wins this like I said, seventy three to sixty one. And I won't be surprised if Michigan put up more points than that.
1: Yeah, well, interesting take. Time. I mean, those things definitely can happen, and then yeah, this yeah, is March Madness, man. I we can all we both be wrong. So, you know, I mean, look, it's it's been such a. fun Yeah, you know, it's been it's just fun to have the tournament back. Obviously, I know it's a little more fun for me because Michigan's winning, and I know it it sucks for Michigan State. But again, uh, it's just so interesting. Me, I wanted to say this that when you look back. To Michigan State having such a train wreck of the year, you know, considering how great they've been. And you look at all the opportunities they still had, though. And it's like, oh, my God, I mean, if one or two things go right for Michigan State against, or excuse me, UCLA, they win, and they, they probably win the next two easily. And then you go against Alabama, if Alabama played the same way they did yesterday against Michigan State. We could have had a Michigan State Michigan yep. Elite 8 game to get to the final four. I mean, can you imagine if just that's the thing I hope that Michigan State players that they look in the mirror this offseason and say there's absolutely no reason yep. why we can't be in the Elite 8 playing against Michigan right now. Like there's absolutely no reason why we weren't there. Like if if UCLA is there, we should be there. That's a team we were – I mean, they were smacking mm-hmm. UCLA, Michigan State was, smacking them in the mouth, making them look like they had no reason yes. to even be in the tournament. And now they're in the Elite Eight. And that's because of Michigan State, man. That is strictly on Michigan yeah. State's faults. And a lot of this was self-inflicted. This wasn't like UCLA outplayed them. This was self-inflicted, not switching or not, not knowing how to switch. And Tom Izzo getting berated again for yelling at a kid. that's a a dumb non-switch or switch or they don't know what to do. That's a mistake that costs you games. You know, that's not boxing out. That costs you games. And Michigan State looked a lot like Michigan some years where just little things, man, little things all year that they did wrong that were just such a hindrance to this team. And I just kind of hope for Michigan State fans' sake that that those guys look in the mirror and, and take a hard look sure. and say, "We yeah, were just bad." I mean, bad when it comes year. down to this, <laughs> we were just really bad. You know, it's
0: about the details. It's about Alabama's free throws. It's about West Virginia finishing layups on their 20 offensive rebounds against Syracuse. It's about Aaron Henry. You know, hey, thanks for carrying us to this tournament. So you could forget to box out. <laughs> like it, it's about the details at this point, point. and I don't think UCLA has those details. I, I just don't think they have it in them, and that's why I think Michigan's going to win. But regardless what happens tomorrow night, Jeremy and I will be back on Wednesday to talk about it, whether it's Juwan Howard's first trip to the Final Four, or if it's you know a season wrap up and what are you going to do to replace uh, the talent that's leaving. You know, like I said, we'll talk about it either way on Wednesday.
1: Football. Yeah, I, I, can't I can't wait for the football talk. Oh, boy. Another transfer. Michigan has another transfer, by the way. Another one. Bye-bye. Yep, Our best Joel return Jackson. man, Dawn. out. Excellent. Excellent E-Low stuff.
0: Um, look, I think, I think uh, there was a conversation that was talked about. I don't know how good of a fit he would be because I know he was going to want to play a little bit of receiver. But, well, Michigan State could use a returner instead of throwing Jaden Reed back there. That's all I'm going to say. But that does it for us here on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. We are going, like I said, we'll be back on Wednesday <laughs> to uh, either wrap up Michigan season or talk about a Final Four berth and a pending matchup against Gonzaga. That should be a lot of fun. But uh, that does it for us on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. For Jeremy File, on am Tyler Hugh.